Hey everyone, this is Jim from faithtestedbyfire.com and today I want to encourage you that you are not alone. Hey everyone, welcome back, and I want to continue along the thought of uh, the fact that you are not alone. Sometimes when you're in the midst of a problem, um, you can really find yourself in a place where you're disappointed. You're disappointed by how slow uh, progress seems to be. You're disappointed by um, people's, when I say people, maybe friends or family or people you're connected to at work. Their, either their inability or their unwillingness or what seems to be maybe a combination of their two um, to help you in, in this particular area. And you don't see any visible progress, so it almost seems like even God has decided to uh, put you to the back of the line. Here's the thing that I want you to understand. Um, God isn't like a man. He doesn't have to uh, put you to the back of any line, um, you always have a welcome uh, spot, place, um, audience, if you will, uh, with him. Um, I remember hearing somebody say not that long ago that, oh, it's hard to believe, or you expect me to believe that God is this being in the sky that's listening to millions of prayers all at once, and and he can actually do uh, answer people simultaneously and do all of these things. You expect me to to actually believe that, and uh, and that's the funny thing because the Bible says all men don't have faith. Some people don't look at God as uh, being who the Bible says He is. They just look at what they see around them. They look at their life experience, and then they measure God by that limited experience. So it's impossible for them at this point in their life. Um, maybe they've hardened their hearts, um, or maybe they're just at the point where they're at the point of no return and they're not coming back again. Um, the Bible gives examples of this with people who harden their heart and talks about that in the book of Exodus when Pharaoh hardened his heart and multiple times until finally God turned around and judged him and hardened his heart to the point where he was at the point of no return. But the Bible says that mercy triumphs over judgment. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And if you want to know how God the Father operates, you just look look at Jesus. All things are possible to those who believe. So even if it seems like you're not making progress, sometimes the reason why things are extra hard is because you believe a lie. And the thing about lies are that the believable ones all have an element of the truth in them. For example, you feel like you're alone, and you look at instances in the Bible, like the one with Pharaoh, for example, or other instances where um, God's judgment fell on people, and this little voice that sounds just like you says, maybe that's happened to you. You know, you've fallen short. You haven't um, followed God from your heart. Now, here's the thing. Um... Jesus once responded to Peter 
and he said, if my brother sins against me, how many times should I forgive him a day? Seven times? And Jesus said, no, seven times 70. So how much more if God is asking us to do that for one another, is he willing to do that for us? See, the thing is that God understands that you're a human being, and Jesus, the Bible says, um, was tempted or tested in all phases of life, just as we are. And so he understands that we have weakness. You know, he understands that sometimes we can just be easily duped. Sometimes we allow our emotions to override our logic and we make bad choices and bad decisions. But the thing is, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, in the 13th verse, where it talks about the love of God, nothing can separate you from the love of God. So if nothing can separate you from the love of God, then look at it from a fresh perspective that even though it appears that heaven is a million miles away, so to speak, and even though it appears that the power of God just is not working where you need it to be working in your life right now and in circumstances right now, all of those things are lies. And what I mean by lies are they're not the final word about how that situation is going to end. Because if nothing can separate you from the love of God, then you always have act. The power of God is always there. So you may be looking at it like a, like a faucet that's turned off or a pump that every time that you pump that handle, nothing is coming out. And it gets tiring after a while. And I believe that Jesus had that in mind when he gave the parable about the unjust judge in Luke chapter 18, verse number one, talking about persistence in prayer, that men should always pray and not give up and faint. Because the thing is, if persistence can cause an unjust person, who it says uh, didn't had no reference for God or man, didn't care about man, only cared about what was of interest to him personally, if that type of person can be swayed by persistence, and how much more God who hears the cries of his people day and night. But notice Jesus said that when the Son of Man comes, would he find faith on the earth? And so all God is asking you for at the end of the day is wherever you're at in your life now, in spite of your habits, in spite of your weaknesses, in, in spite of all the things you may have done or not done, Two things. Number one, forgiveness is available to you right now. All you have to do is ask for it. And finally, all God is asking you for is, is to believe and trust. So, you're not alone. God is not requiring you to do some over-the-top action to finally get results. All he's asking you to do is wherever you're at in your life right now, that you humble yourself to the point where... With whatever strength that you have within you, you make a choice to believe. So now maybe you're frustrated. Maybe it's, oh, you know what? I've been trying to believe. I've been trying to believe in a situation it's not getting any better. And it's been months or years or multiple years. And if you think about it, if you didn't have the Spirit of God in you, you wouldn't even be listening to this. You wouldn't even be considering trying one more time. You would have given up already and you would have moved on to something else. So 
if you're at a point where you're where you're weak, let me read this scripture to you because I think this really. Um, hold on a second. Let me let me get back here. Isaiah chapter forty and verse number thirty-one. Let me read this from the. I have the. Um, King James Version here, Isaiah chapter 40, and verse number 31. Okay, this, this verse says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So notice the key there, that they that wait upon the Lord. So there's something required of you in this uh, place. You know, interesting thing is Paul made the statement that when he was weak, he was strong. When he was brought to a point of weakness, then the power of God would show up. Now, uh, in my own life, I faced situations where I knew what the Bible said, and I did what the Bible said, and I got the type of results that the Bible said I would get. There were other times in my life where I had to believe and stand for a long period of time uh, for something to happen. And by a long period of time, I mean standing every single day for months on end before I saw results. <clears throat> and then there have been times where it seems like nothing worked. And so I would ask myself that, well, you know, Maybe there's something that I don't understand that I need to go through, maybe some type of fire that uh, to refine me and my character and my personality, or there's um, lessons in here. You know, I believe that um, we don't all go through the same tests. That's obvious. Some people go through excruciatingly difficult tests, like the Apostle Paul, for example. Jesus said that he would show Paul, when he appeared to him in Revelation, how great things he must suffer for his name's sake. But not everybody's called to that, right? So you, you can't feel um, proud as if by making the right choices that you have less tribulation than somebody else, or you can't feel defeated because um, maybe you feel like you're going through a lot of tribulation because you're, there's things in you that just aren't right, you know? And so you're bringing it on yourself. And although there's elements of truth maybe to these things, none of these things are black and white issues from a human perspective. For example, when Jesus talked about the tower that fell in the, in the Gospel of Luke on killed eight, I believe it was like 18 people that were killed. Um, Jesus said, do you suppose that these people were uh, worse sinners than everyone else that this tragedy befell them? And he said, no, that they weren't. And... You know, there's other instances that you know of in your own life where you see something happen to somebody and and you might think some people would just say, well, of course, that person had it coming to them. That person did evil and God wasn't there to protect them when he needed it. But that's not necessarily true. That could be true sometimes because you see examples of that in the Bible where people do evil and then evil uh, befalls them. Think about somebody like uh, Absalom, David's son, who went renegade against him and and turned on him, and how God's judgment finally fell on him in the end. But it's not always like that. It doesn't always work out that way. Not every story is identical. There's not just like three storylines out there that we can fit, you know, our own example into. 
Um, there's also examples of people that perished for a lack of knowledge or a, or a lack of understanding. They just didn't understand what the, about God's protection that it was available, and they suffered because of it. So suffering comes for a multitude of reasons. But right now I'm talking to people that um, you're trying what you believe to be your best. You know, I mean, you calculate your weaknesses in there. Uh, you calculate your, your human shortcomings in there. You on on one side, and then you have your strengths that you know. You do have strengths um, on the other side. And the effort that you put in, your desire to go in the right direction, to do the right thing, you mix those things together. And you, maybe you think that the bottom line should determine whether or not you know you overcome or not. But if you just look at it from that perspective, you're just looking at human works again. And whenever you're dealing with your own works, you're always going to come up short. That's why it says in Romans chapter 10 that the righteousness was of faith doesn't say who will ascend into heaven and bring Christ down from above or who shall descend into the depths to bring him up from below. But the word is near you in your heart and in your mouth. In other words, you believe in your heart and you say with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and it says you, you shall be saved. It's not just something you say in your in your mouth. It's something that you believe in your heart and you say with your mouth. Both of those things have to be together. So if if you're doing those things and you're doing all you know how to do and you're trying your best on a given day, let's put it that way, and you still don't see results, then you're at a point where you would have to be considered weak, right? I mean, just like the Apostle Paul. But it says here that if you wait upon the Lord, now think about what that means. Everybody knows what it means to wait. Nobody wants to wait. But that the condition here to get God's strength at work in your life, to be able to mount up with wings like an eagle does. Eagles fly above everything, all of the, as life plays out below, as people struggle below, the eagles fly above all that, right? They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Remember, the Bible says that if you pray and you believe and you faint not, that what you've asked for will come to pass. It says in the Bible that, um, actually, let me look this scripture up. I'll pause this for a second. Okay, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36, King James again. It says, For ye have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. So the will of God is that you pray. The will of God is that you believe you receive. The will of God is that you start talking like the Bible's true and not a lie. That you start talking like the power of God is working instead of not working. Um, after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Again, Hebrews 10.36, for you have need of patience. Well, we just read in, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, but those that wait upon the Lord. In order to wait, you have to have patience. So those two things go together. What I'm trying to say is the strength you need to complete the process may very well involve you waiting upon the Lord. Waiting upon the Lord patiently, that perseverance in which you continue to believe. Now, here's the thing. Waiting will also help renew your strength. And I realize nobody wants to wait. Think about the lines that you're in today. People have less patience today than they did years ago. They don't want to wait in line. I've actually practiced having patience when I'm in a long line. Patience when 
person in front of me, their maybe their debit card doesn't seem to be working. Or just a few weeks ago, I had there was a girl in front of me. She only had two items, and she was in the express lane. And she looked at me and she said, excuse me, I just wanted to let you know ahead of time, I have to write out a check. I'm sorry, but that's all I have. And and I, I looked at her and, you know, what am I going to say? Um, no, I'm sorry, then I need to go in front of you. You know, she had two things. One was like a sandwich that was pre-made from the deli and something to drink. And she was paying for it with a check. So I figured she didn't have any cash or maybe her card wasn't working or she needed a new one. And there's a variety of reasons. I thought, no big deal. The only thing that I had that was cold that could have gotten warm was some milk. And a few other things that I had didn't require to be in the refrigerator, so I didn't think anything of it. <clears throat> so the um, the cashier r- rang, rang up her sale, and then she started filling out the check. And she had a little calculator. She was actually like writing things in the books. I thought, all right, I would have done that when I was at home. And I felt impatience starting to rise up. And then I could hear the person behind me huff. And the person behind them said something that went low. I didn't know what it was, but you could tell by the tone of their voice it wasn't something that was really favorable. So she's filling all this out. And I thought, okay, if I was there, I would just... Write the name of the store, write the number, but I wouldn't be like bringing down the bat. I'd do that when I got home, when I got out of the line. But that's just me. If I was doing that, I wouldn't even be doing that. I'd have cash. All things being equal, I'd have cash or, or a debit card, whatever. So she's doing all this. She gives the check, and the lady scans the check, and then something happens. So she scans it again. And then it says her check's declined. So then she has to call for somebody else. Somebody has to come over. And then that person tries to run it. And then it's declined again. Now people are really getting bent out of shape behind me in line. And I feel the emotions of, oh, come on. I just, all I want to do is take my stuff and go home at this point. I don't want to be sitting here in line and having all this happen when in the other lines all around me. I was kind of boxed in by that point. I was also the next person in line, but. I kind of wished I was in the back of the line and I would have just jumped in another line at that point. So the moral of the story is, and eventually this poor girl, she had to leave her stuff and go away and have to find cash somewhere and come back. So I could tell she was really discouraged. And then my heart went out of her, went out to her. And, and, you know, I knew that that was God's spirit in me that was pushing that over into my spirit. Because if it's just a natural human side of things... You know, you don't really care about the other person like you do about your own stuff. You're just worried about your own plans. You don't stop and consider maybe in any type of death what's happening to the people around you. So when something like that happens and then all of a sudden all of the impatience and and the negative feelings that you have because the process is bogged down, which has caused you to bog down, all of that has to to leave when God's spirit begins to prompt you on the inside and that makes life better because who knows how many people have a miserable day all day because of one thing that happened like that the other day um i was in another situation where i had to go someplace and the person i was with was required to have exact change it didn't have it nobody had change and we so we had to take like an extra 15 minutes or so 
to try and go and find change for uh, what we needed. And so the very first thing that happened were, was that, okay, the situation, I should, we should have just been able to give the person the money, get the change, and be gone. But instead of having something that should have taken five minutes come to pass, we had a, a, a 20 or 30-minute situation all, when all things were told together uh, instead to deal with. So that means our schedule got pushed back later. And you know this, you know, you ha- this thing happens to people all the time. You understand what I'm talking about. So we don't like to wait. We like things to be like a well-oiled machine. But reality is much different than that. Right? When we come to a, a line we, and, and the process is working well, we don't expect to wait. We expect that things should be quick. Things should be faster. When we're talking or trying to get through to somebody on the telephone, again, we don't like to wait. We think that they should have more people staffed to handle a higher volume of calls. We don't like to wait. Uh, other things that come to pass, even that something in the mail, we're waiting for something. We want it to come yesterday or tomorrow, right? You don't want to wait five days or ten days or longer than that. We don't want to wait on anything. And when we're attracted to the testimonies, when people receive instant results, when the red when their Red Sea is parted immediately and they pass through the other side, and you ask and you say, What did you do? What happened? And it said we did this and then we did this and then finally we did that and it happened just like that. Boom. We were through to the other side and our problem was solved. And so you do the same thing. You do step one, you do step two, you do step three. Bam, nothing happens. So rather than just come to the conclusion that you've done it wrong, sometimes you have to learn how to exercise patience and perseverance. I say sometimes, but if you're in a situation where nothing seems to happen right away, where everything takes a long time, and you hear testimonies and read about them online or in books or wherever where all these people are having all these amazing things happen, then you're left thinking, what about me? Well, here's the thing. Maybe those people already passed the tests that required extended periods of time. Maybe they've already learned how to be patient, how to wait, how to persevere, and so they don't have to take those tests again, you know? I think about certain tests that I took when I was younger that I don't have to take anymore. You know, I don't have to take a driver's test. I took a driver's test when I was 18 years old. But I don't have to take driver's tests anymore, all, all things being equal. Maybe if I move to another state that has different laws, but, but, but that's it, right? I don't have to go through grade school again. I was already through it once. I already passed the tests required to go on to the next stage. And then I went through the test required to pass the next stage. Here's the thing. We have a personal teacher, the Holy Spirit, that Jesus sent to us. And he works with us like a private tutor when we go through this life. He doesn't want us to look at what our older brother is doing or our older sister is doing in their life and then try and mimic them because we weren't called to the same path they were called to. We weren't called to do the same things that they're doing the same way. We were called to an ind- we have everybody has an individual calling, but we also have an individual savior. 
In other words, you're not just a number. In fact, the Bible says that each hair on your head is numbered. You're of that much importance to God. So if you're of that much importance to God, that means he has everything mapped out in your life, in your circumstances, and he has provided for you everything that you need. And that provision takes into account all of your weaknesses, all of your hangups, all of your inconsistencies, all of those things are in there. Everything is stacked in your favor. So if you're doing all the things that you've been taught to do or that you've heard, praying in the name of Jesus, to the best of your ability, saying what the Bible says, confessing your victory with your mouth, saying that you're a world overcoming, acting like the Bible's true, all of those things that the Bible says that faith does, and you still don't see the answer, then it is time that you learn how to wait upon the Lord and renew your strength. And the strength that you receive after you've... Now, you may... The first question maybe you're thinking is, how long do I have to wait? I don't know, but let me tell you something. There is something super humbling about just bowing your knee before God and confessing to him that you've done all that you know to do and you can't go any further without his help and to just wait in quiet reverence or just thanking him for his help and entering a season of waiting. Because if you're willing to do this, I can guarantee you that God will reward you for doing that. Now, you may hear testimonies. Again, I go back to testimonies because testimonies affect so many people. When you're not succeeding, one of the first things that, that believers do is they want to hear what somebody else did, right? Because they think that everything is just like a, um, a formula. And formulas are fine for learning, but in the real world, we have to learn to adapt because not everything not all of the situations that we face, not all the locked doors, we can use, the, the same key, in other words, doesn't work on every door. That's about the easiest way to put it. And, and the thing is, is that the biggest doors that we have to open, they're not outside of us, they're inside of us. The real issues that hold us back or keep us down aren't on the outside, they're in the inside when I mean the inside, I'm talking about in your heart or in your mind. There's things that hold you back. <clears throat> it's like the old flea circus where they put the fleas in the jar and they put the lid on the top and the fleas jump and they hit the lid. And then after a while, you can take the unscrew the top of the jar and the fleas don't jump out. And the reason is they only jump so high just a little bit before the top of the lid because they're used to hitting that obstacle over and over again. Doesn't it feel good when you keep hitting your head on the ceiling to keep on jumping that high? So you jump a little lower. But the thing is, is that once the obstacle, the barriers are removed, you're so used to hitting your head, you don't even realize it. And so in Jesus, the barriers have been removed, but it's not a reality to a lot of us yet relative to certain areas of our life and relative to certain situations. And so we try in our own strength. And in a way, it's good because you're supposed to do something. You're supposed to use your strength. You're supposed to do what you can do. You're not just supposed to sit back in a chair and just wait for God to part 
the seeds. You're supposed to take this first step. You're supposed to take a step of faith. But if you take a step of faith and you hit a wall, Jesus said not to give up. Luke 18.1, Jesus said men always to pray and not to give up and not to grow weary. And it says here that if you are weary and if you feel like you are fainting, then you need to wait upon God so that he renews your strength. And waiting doesn't just mean sitting in a room looking around impatiently wanting to be the next person in line. It means reverently coming to God, realizing, acknowledging what your weaknesses are, looking to him with a pure as heart as possible for strength. Um, If you want more information, um, whether you like to read it or uh, browse through the blog, you can find it at www.faithtestedbyfire.com. That address again is www.faithtestedbyfire.com. And sign up for the update list. And whenever there's something new out, I will send you an update. Thanks for listening, and uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. And we'll talk to you soon.